You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. New intro music. Who dis? Hope you guys. I was just going to say, we are legit now. We have intro music. I mean, I love it. Uh, it's probably, I think for some people, when you first started, you're like, wait, is this really the real moms? Uh, but it is. We're mixing it up. We're, uh, we're, we're we're becoming a little bit more professional, a little less rustic. We're still going to be obviously off the cuff and giving you our uh, hot takes. But hopefully uh, that new intro music was a, a fun surprise. Kind of jumping ahead, but much like the fun surprise of hearing Gina Kehoe's voice narrate OC. Were you shocked by that? I was super surprised. In my head, I'm like, wait, I know that voice. That's Gina Kehoe. I got. I was very. I. I kind of did like the intro, though. It. It took me a minute because yeah, I, I liked. It. I feel like they've never really done that. Like I don't know if it's a good sign or a bad sign. I saw a lot of people guessing and inferring what that means for the season, but I loved that they kind of like looked back on it, pulled up some old scenes. We got to see the old housewives. Gina probably was thrilled to be part of it. I think she like really misses the franchise. She was thrilled to be at BravoCon, um, which we could tell, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I feel like it was kind of a random way to do it. Like it's one thing to do it on a season 10 or, you know, right before like a hundredth episode I liked, but I liked this. It was unexpected. It was fun to hear a familiar voice, one of maybe the only few things I liked about OC. So just sort of a editorial note, production note. We were really conflicted with OC this season. Uh, obviously, we believe firmly in everyone being treated fairly. And whether that is a female applying for a job, a you know, a black male or female just walking the street, being treated with the same dignity as a white person, uh, gay, straight, you know, transgender, like we just believe and treating everyone fairly, equally and with kindness. And so on that note, we are not going to recap any of a certain OC housewife scenes. Uh, her initials are KD. We will refer to her as KD or Smelly, as I've started calling her. Uh, it's kind of a play on her name. It rhymes with it. So hopefully you figured out who it is. But we're not we're not going to recap her scenes. We're not going to really be promoting her at all. Um, and really, we she does not have our support. We do not agree with some of her comments and her statements that she's made. We've posted those to our Instagram stories. It seems like 99% of you guys following us and listening agree as well. We've had a few people say, I hope somebody can just recap uh, the mostly Bronwyn scenes. And that's probably what it's going to end up being for us because um, I have a feeling that I'm going to start to not like some of these women as more of the season goes on from what we've heard. But with that, uh, Basically, the two things that stuck out to me this this opening episode. One, uh, everybody living in the same neighborhood. I think it's kind of funny that they're like, oh, my God, Bronwyn moved in and now KD's moving in. For those of you that are wondering why are they all moving in here? I know Vicky was throwing some shade uh, in some of her posts saying like they're renting. They don't even own those. They are renting those houses because it is maybe the only neighborhood in Newport that allows a film crew in. So majority of these neighborhoods and HOAs have said, we're not doing the film, like we don't want the film crew in. We don't want people to be walking the neighborhood and think they might have to sign, you know, some sort of release form because they're in the background of, you know, an episode. We want to respect the privacy of our neighbors. So this is really the only neighborhood that's like, yeah, you know, 
Real Housewives of OC, Bravo, Evolution Media, come on in. So that's why you saw three of those housewives all living in that same neighborhood. They are only renting there because I'm sure that's not ideally where they want to be. It's the only place that will let them in and let them film once the show's over or, you know, their contract is over. They're most likely going to move somewhere else. So if it felt really forced and staged, it was. And that's the reason why. I, I think they tried a little too hard, though, to play it off. Like, what a coincidence. We're all there. I felt like in general in this first episode, not only with that, but I also I just felt like a lot of things felt very forced in terms of especially when they're talking about Bronwyn's drinking. You notice like every single woman like was bringing it up Uh, and we'll get to that revelation in a little in a minute. But I just felt like it was it just felt very unnatural and not very organic. Yeah, I mean, I felt like it was weird. We were getting a lot of messages where people were like, was Bronwyn out of control drinking last season? In my opinion, I mean, she was a mom who just stopped nursing. So I think anyone who's had that like, oh my gosh, I don't have to be concerned about how much alcohol I'm having or worry about pumping and dumping. Like it is a exhausting task, breastfeeding, pumping, nursing a child, even if you're doing formula, it's exhausting just always being aware of like how much they've ate when the next feeding is and stuff, just all of that. So I get like that weight being lifted and wanting to celebrate it and maybe going a little too far. Uh, She does reveal that she did a good job hiding it and she was drinking a lot more than anybody noticed, but it does seem like production and the different producers were asking all the housewives, like, what do you think about Brownwood's drinking? Because Gina brought it up. Kelly said, oh, see, I slipped and said her name. KD (laughs) brought it up. In Miami and said that she was, it was a little bit out of control. Uh, Emily, with her awkward dinner with Shane, brought it up. So it feels like, okay, why is everyone talking about this in the very first episode? I think it was to set it up uh, that she reveals she is uh, an alcoholic and has been sober as of now around 260 days, which is unbelievable. Uh, But I, I also noticed too, I think some of the women were talking about it because she was coming up with good excuses as to why she wasn't drinking. She wasn't ready to tell everybody why. So she said she had to pick up the kids later. She said she was detoxing from Miami. And then when Emily came over, she didn't really use an excuse. She just poured Emily a glass of rosé and sat down with her and explained that she wanted her to know um, she had a problem and she was taking care of it. I did find it interesting that she did decide to open up to Emily about that. I wouldn't have expected that, but I know uh, one of the steps in AA is, you know, apologizing to someone and given how Emily was being, I think, constructive in terms of how she approached her about her drinking, I can see it there, but that definitely wasn't anything I expected. And I mean, you guys know we have, um, we're, we have in off the record, I guess, relationship with Bronwyn. Where that we're sounds so bad. I know. We're I friends don't... with yeah. We're friends with Bronwyn. You can say it. We yeah. we've texted her. We, she hosted a virtual yes. baby shower for Vanessa. She yes. we check in on her. She checks in on us. Yeah. So there is like a bond there. There's yeah. definitely there's a friendship there. So I was trying not to sound. I guess a little cheesy, de- cheesy and douchey about it. But so we're clearly going to be biased and going to support our friend and know that there's definitely positive intent there and good intention. So I just am blown away by um, her strength and courage and sharing her story. And I'm excited to kind of see how she evolves and transforms. And um, we're here for that. And that's mainly why I'm watching OC. Yeah. I mean, I'm really only watching it for Bronwyn. We did. I mean, we had a little bit of a heads up that she, we will learn uh, about her path to sobriety. She let us know um, during your baby shower, you know, that she was working on it, had been part of AA. um, And I mean, we're just so proud of her as a friend and a person for recognizing that she has an issue and working towards that. I think it takes a lot of strength to not only recognize that, but then to say it on a national television. You know, when she said, I can say for the first time, hi, my name's Bronwyn and I'm an alcoholic. That's a, I mean, I felt like that's a very powerful confessional and maybe one of the most powerful endings to a, a season opener ever. Absolutely. And I, I do think it, just made this like kind of brought back the show not saying that every show needs to talk about um intense issues like that but it just kind of made it a little bit more real and a little more um authentic than what we're used to seeing yeah 
It, it's it, her life. It reminded you this is real life. Yeah, this isn't just, you know, going out, having fun, you know, drinking champagne by the beach in the middle of the day. This is real life. Um, but I don't know. Other than that, the episode, I was just kind of like, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I don't I don't know what they're going to do with this season beyond Bronwyn. I don't see – I really just don't see anything that's going to really jump out at me in a good way. I think we're going to be upset and angered by some of their choices once, you know, quarantine and COVID hits. I think – I don't know. I just think it's going to turn into, given everything with Black Lives Matters, it sounds like a majority of them kind of – don't agree with Bronwyn being so vocal about her support for it. Uh, and that she gets a little bit of criticism for that. She, I don't, I just, I don't, I just, I think it's going to be a really tough season to watch. I, and someone kind of brought this up and I hadn't thought of it this way, but we watch reality TV as a form of, of escapism. It's a way to kind of get away mm-hmm. from our day-to-day lives and watching the season, them going through the pandemic while we're still living through the pandemic. I don't know, like you said, I don't know that I really want to watch <laughs> rich yeah. women complain about champagne problems when so many people have lost jobs and have actual, you know, so many women in the workforce. I don't know what the statistic is, but have had to quit because they can't, um, they need to stay home with their kids. Homeschooled. Homeschooled. Kids. They don't yeah. have the I mean, luxury I... of having nannies and all these different things. So I don't know that I'm ready to watch all that. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I don't, I'm still living it in many ways. I mean, my, our kids are younger. They're back in their daycare, but there's still like a lot of things like the parks. I know this is dumb, but anyone who's a mom, like the parks just opened up in, in the St. Louis County. Um, some of them I feel more safe going to than others. I don't know why, but it just, it is kind of like, there's been a lot of change to my, our daily life and routine. And I get why, you know, it's to, for the safety of others. I just watching it and reliving it. It's just like, God, I'm still living this. It's, it's just gonna be tough. Uh, which is why we have Potomac though. I, I, I'm so thankful that Potomac was able to be filmed before all this happened, because I think this is our escape. It's fun seeing people, do homecoming parades, going back to their hometown, getting to actually be within six feet of each other, hugging one another. I mean, I just, I think that's why Potomac has been such a great release, uh, release like emotionally to watch this and like, remember there was a time where we got to do all these things that it feels like we can't do anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, and we got to see the Grand Dom's homecoming in Surrey. I just thought that whole trip was, I mean, I stand love the grand dame i love karen huger i think she's hilarious i just love i don't know i just think she's she's kind of a caricature i'm sure of herself in some ways but she's just so funny and the one thing that i couldn't get past of was when they were getting the women when giselle ashley and karen were getting ready to head over to surrey is how quickly ray said goodbye i know he like didn't even give her a kiss it was really funny i uh, I felt like he was just ready to get her out of the house, which like, I think we've all had moments where it's like, oh, the kids are going to go somewhere and your husband's taking them. And it's like, OK, bye, leave, leave. Like you're shutting the door and you're just like, oh, oh, like I have this place to myself now. And it's kind of exciting. But I I also I thought it was funny for as much uh, heat as as uh, just Giselle gets for really bad outfits. What Ashley wore for the car ride was terrible. I like could it like I love that I love that Giselle called her out. She had these like bright pink boots on with like a monochromatic like fitted sweatsuit. I mean, I think because these women are beautiful, they get away with their horrible yeah. fashion choices. <laughs> like it's it just, just bad. I just it was just bad. But I mean, and then Giselle or Jizzy as Karen likes to call her, those sunglasses. I mean, we can all, we can talk all day. That's probably a separate show. I'm surprised there isn't a podcast on Potomac's fashion choices because I feel like that can be its own thing. Or just Giselle, what Giselle wore. There's a podcast. If anybody's wanting to start one, you're probably gonna hit the charts off from the start. Or a meme account. I mean, I mean, what yeah. Giselle wore. And I feel bad like poking fun at her. We I mean this is now the mom in me. I'm like, well, I don't want to be too mean, yeah. but it's, it's pretty comical. We had to laugh a little bit. We need, we all need a little laughter right now. I would even say, I actually didn't mind the 
like periwinkle suit. But even Karen's outfit, I was like, okay, what what are we going with here? And it looked like it was fall. And she's wearing like this periwinkle suit. It was just kind of interesting. I actually love a good monochromatic moment. Um, so I, I kind of was here. I was kind of here for it. I I agree with the fall, but I, I think it's it was it would look not it looked good. I mean, I thought she looked really I thought she looked really good. But you're right. She did look beautiful. I mean, it was no, just no, I was like it's this not is an interesting choice. It's not for everyone. I mean, she had it she's done it with the pink. She's just likes yeah. she's kind of into that look, I think right now. She has a confessional with all orange, so I just think she's very into that um You know what? I tone think she's a person color. Yeah, I think she knows if a color looks good on her, she's just only going to wear that color. And so, you know what? Go for it. She's beautiful. I'm not uh, – it's kind of the same with Giselle, like you said. These women are so gorgeous that it's like, yes, they wear really odd stuff at times, but they're so beautiful that it's like, well, you kind of pull it off somehow. And it's it's their personalities. I um, But I loved the homecoming for – uh, for Karen. And I, I think there was, we saw a different side of her when she went into the church, um, and got really emotional. I think I just, I, I also like when she said I lost both parents within seven months, I just kept thinking that would be almost nearly impossible to survive as she was talking about it. And it, for me, I've lost one parent. I still have my mom. It's hard going through that. And to do it, then lose another parent that soon after, would be such a struggle. And I think for me, it was like a light bulb went off. I'm like, this is why it's so hard for her that she doesn't have love and support from Ray because she's grieving the loss of her parents. She needs something to like, nothing will fill that void, but she needs something more like inside. She needs a hug. She needs to feel love. She needs to feel needed and appreciated. Like something that most of our parents do for us. She doesn't have that and she doesn't have it in Ray. And so I was like, God, like, it just made it that me that much more aware of why it's so hard for her that Ray just won't show her affection. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I will say Giselle and Karen for as often as they are butt heads in their own little way, I did appreciate Giselle kind of being there and supportive for her and just kind of saying, oh, I didn't realize she had all of this going on. Like I kind of understood, she kind of understood her a little more than she did before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, those two have like the longest feud of any housewives, I feel like. <laughs> it's like a feud and it's not like you said, yeah, it's like, I don't know. They have like this, it's like a, it's like a sibling rivalry where it's like they can say stuff to each other and poke at each other. But if other people do it, they do get upset and get a little bit defensive, but they try to throw each other under the bus all the time. It's, it is such an odd dynamic. Uh, but I, I think there's obviously some genuine care and compassion uh, on both sides because, you know, when Robin was like when they were in the church and they were letting, the, you know, Karen know, Robin's like, we're here for you. And she was just saying like she was shocked to see such a softer side of Karen, you know, for Karen to even invite Robin. Like there's obviously some mutual respect and and, you know, compassion between them. But, yeah, it's kind of funny that they always have this like longstanding feud. Yeah. They're just the biggest, like, they're the definition of frenemies, in my opinion. Yes. Great way to describe them. So all this is going on, and really then, yeah, they're in Surrey, but also taking place, two big things, I think, jump out for me. And I felt kind of, I feel bad saying this, but Dr. Wendy, this was not like a big Wendy episode. There was like a little moment where she was trying to decide what she wants to do. I don't know. I just, it didn't, it wasn't that compelling for me. But seeing Robin and Candace sit down and talk to one another was shocking because Robin has never been a big Candace fan. She thinks she's annoying. She even said at the kind of, you know, meeting of the minds for Monique that Candace is annoying as shit and she does want to smack, smack her, but she doesn't. But Candace reveals that she was told by Karen to press charges. I know. And I mean, and then Karen later owns up to that too. She doesn't deny it. She's like, yeah, I would do that. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, I love Karen, but that's a little bit conflicting then with Monique. So it's, I mean, that was pretty shocking, the whole pressing of charges. I totally understand why, because of the severity of it. Mm -hmm. But then also, I'm like, damn, does it really have to get to that? Like, I feel like had Monique just apologized, I don't think Candace would feel that way. I think the fact that Monique at the time, before we get to the conversation with her pastor, but I think because she said she had no remorse. Yeah. That's why we're there. 
I agree. No, and I, I mean, it does kind of suck that I think had Monique just approached, I wish Monique would have just approached Candace and said, I want to, I want to extend an apology and I want to talk through this with you. I don't like, just like kind of be honest. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm going to meet with my pastor and talk through it because I, I have a moment of like blind rage where I don't know what happened and I need to work through that, but I don't want you to feel as though I think it was okay for me to ever cause you physical harm. I wish she would have done that because I don't think it would have gotten to this place. But because Monique's telling everyone like, you can't run your mouth and I'm going to, you know, Karen was saying like at the very end of last week's episode, you could be a lesson for kids on like how you make things better. Her response back was, and a lesson on why you don't run your mouth. It's like, you got to stop focusing on the things Candace said to to bring it to the fight and focus on the fact that you caused the fight, which we do get a little bit more of that when she has the breakthrough with her pastor. But because of that, it's like we, now it's going to turn this into such an ugly thing. And I don't I don't blame Candace at all. Like I, I get it. I would be so upset if somebody like caused me physical harm and then is trying to twist it where like, regardless of what I said, that I am the one at fault and that I'm not owed an apology. Absolutely. And I think too, and they were kind of bringing this up at the meeting where Monique talked to the women, but I think with Monique, that's so confusing. I was glad that she had this breakthrough and kind of acknowledged that she is, she puts a lot of effort into being, um, kind of keeping up with the Joneses and like perfect yeah. wife and all this stuff, which I think is pretty co- is common. I think that's something as women you, you can feel some more than others, but I, I'm like, okay, great. She's kind of getting this. It's a breakthrough. This is kind of, there's a connection there in terms of her behavior and all of this, but then she goes on, watch what happens live. And then on social media, yeah. there's tends to be no, there doesn't feel like there's any remorse there. So to me, it just adds more to that. It just feels like it's for show. And I really don't want to feel that way because I do like Monique and I guess I can still like her to some extent and not agree with her. But I'm like, girl, come on, just like stop being so damn stubborn. I think that's the thing. It's like her stubborn and her pride is getting in the way. I was happy that she had that breakthrough with her pastor. Um, but then it's like, yeah, I'm reminded of just a couple of weeks ago, she was asked about it. And even Andy was shocked. He's like, you don't feel bad about what happened. So it it is like what. I think those tears are real. And I think in that moment, she was like, oh, my God. But I think she's just so concerned with her image still. And it's going to be a, a journey for her. I'm sure being the uh, the wife of a professional athlete doesn't help because there probably is more of this like you need to, you know, you need to be a little bit more perfect. And I think because she's on the show, she's trying really hard to make everyone think she's just has it all together. And she's this like, you know, has three kids and she looks great. And, she, you know, she's got this great house. and. I think she kind of was admitting that, that that's like what it had nothing to do with Candace. It was just something she was doing internally. I wish she would go back to that now when she's asked about it in the press. Um, Cause I think she's starting, it's like, she's slipping back into that oh, mentality. Absolutely. Of like, and I think even just sharing the story about the bullying that she experienced yeah. and like, I mean, it sounds like this is kind of like a defense mechanism is like going through the motions. Like, I don't think she lets herself feel. And instead of feeling, mm-hmm. she kind of is like, okay, I got to be perfect, like control what yeah. I can control. And that is her yeah. household, making her house look pristine, her pristine, her image, making sure I'm eating healthy, like all these other things that she can control. Um, So I don't know. I just wish she kind of would have like we said, focused on that and just owned her shit. And someone else who has owned her shit to some extent, but it was like a little way smiley <laughs> to me was Robin owing $90,000. She was like, oh, it was like one little thing I forgot to pay. And then I didn't report like a small little income, like playing it off. And I was asking, my husband's an accountant. So I'm like, is is it like that easy for like you to owe that much money and not know it? And he's like, well, one, you should have like a good financial manager and accountant who's reminding you of those things. Like maybe she's just not using, she's not outsourcing some of the stuff and trying to do it all herself. But she did say like her accountant was like, she called her accountant and was like, oh, do I really owe this much? But yeah, like I, it was just funny to me and everybody's been doing different memes like this didn't age well, where she was kind of questioning how Karen didn't know that she owed so much in back taxes. And here Robin is, she kind of hid it from Juan. Like, you know, Candace asked, was Juan upset? 
Like they can't buy a house now. Like this is kind of a big deal. It's a huge deal. And the funniest thing about it all is that I think because Robin is such a chill person, period, but because her reaction is like a non-reaction, it's like this is going to go under the table and no one's going to talk about it, Like, which is kind of genius for her. Yeah. She just is like, oh, we're okay. And then so she's like, I'll just dress up as Tatiana and all will be all will be good. No big deal. Do you did you watch Modern Family or do you watch Modern Family? I do. I, I immediately thought of Clive as well uh, with Claire and Phil. I mean, it was just uh, it's just I did like I didn't know people really do that. <laughs> yes, the role playing. So if you guys don't watch Modern Family, there is an episode that I think is hysterical. It's when Claire and Phil have their alter egos It's Clive and Juliana. And it just reminded me of what Robin was trying to do with Tatiana. It just kind of made me laugh. Granted, she did, like did um, she I don't know how she kept a straight face because the bartender was like trying not to laugh at her and Juan was like not giving into it in the way that she wanted. But it was pretty entertaining. And then she just like ordered her food and ate it. Like I kind of like I didn't think when you do like that role play, it's like you just have drinks and then you go somewhere and, you know, seal the deal. Uh, She literally just like wore a just wore a bad wig and just sat down and ate dinner. Yeah. I was like, oh. And like, hey, I owed $90,000. Are you mad at me? Okay, no. Okay, cool. (laughs) Like what? It was it was it was bizarre. It was really bizarre. It was really bizarre. But then but, also, like, because there's so much shit happening in Potomac, where in one season, <clears throat> Beverly Hills, that would be the entire storyline, her owing $90,000. It's not going to be discussed again. Like, it's done. No, it's like the women are over it because there's bigger things. We've got, yeah, we've got <laughs> assault charges being filed. We have a trip still to take place. I mean, that's the thing that's crazy. It's like they still haven't even gone on their big trip. No. I mean. And that's yeah, usually where we get the best best content oh my gosh guys well that was so many so many things so much so 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 many things uh but yeah it was a great episode i i can't wait for that i'm like dying for them to go on this trip and i like don't want to wish away potomac at all because i know usually after they get back you know the trip is about three episodes we can expect then they get back and you have two to three there's a final party that's the finale and that's it so it's like okay i don't want the trip to come too soon because then potomac is over but what I love about Potomac is when they go on these trips, it is you get a lot of like silly, fun moments. They're they're jokesters, they're pranksters. You know, you have Robin with the pizza. Like they do like to have a good time. And I we see a lot more of that on camera than we do with some of the other seasons. And and their drunk moments, they show us that a lot more with Potomac. So Yeah, so not shy. I'm about just like it. dying for this trip. Oh, I'm excited. But it's a good distraction. I'm it really is. It's a great outlet. It sounds like everyone's watching Potomac now. So it's not like we need to be like, and if you're not watching, you need to start. So I'm glad all of you are watching and glad all of you are listening to us. Thank you so much for all oh, the support. I, I feel like, out. oh yeah, let's do it. I have a shout out. My shout out goes to every single woman who has or is currently fighting breast cancer. October is breast cancer awareness month. Check your boobies. Do it while you're in the shower. It's so important. If you are currently going through that battle right now, we support you. You can get through it. We are thinking of you. If you've overcome that battle, both in both instances, you are strong. You are amazing. But we are rooting for you. Yes. Thank you. for. I almost forgot about the shout out. Thank you. Yeah. Um, We have had like a lot of touching stories recently. Even not even just the messages, some of them are messages that have stuck with us. But I, it is crazy that like people younger and younger are getting breast cancer. I always thought it was kind of one of those things that like, oh, when I'm 40 and I have to get a mammogram is when I, I'll really think about it. And I wrote like in St. Louis, there was a fashion show. It's obviously not happening this year, but several years ago, there was a fashion show um, that a survivor of breast cancer put on for people that were in their twenties getting breast cancer. She was one of them. And it was like, there was no resources. There was no support. She felt completely alone. Uh, And I think there's just more and more stories of that. So if you're listening to us and you're 22 or 28, 29, 33, 35, under 40, like, yes, check your boobs first of the month, every month Um, or whatever works for you, but just make sure you're doing it once a month. Just cup Um, a feel on yourself. Yeah. Feel yourself for real. <laughs> it's, it's good. Uh, so um, with that, though, we want to thank you guys so much for supporting us. I feel like recently we've been 
putting more like mom stuff out there than usual, like in our stories, just about funny things happening to us. I had um, my kid finger painted with not paint. They used a natural resource posted about that. Vanessa had her daughter spilling milk all over and trying to swim in it. We've also just been, you know, posting things about pregnancy loss and just just all, like some heavy stuff about mom about being moms and motherhood and all of your sweet messages back, sharing your stories, supporting us that like really really means a lot. So, thank you guys so much for supporting us and following us uh and listening to us. It it truly means the world. And if you aren't already, please, please, please hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating. We are seeing these ratings come through. We are so close, I think, to being back to five stars instead of 4.5, which is where we're currently at. In your written reviews, we love them. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we got a recent review from someone from Australia. Hello. I'm, a, I'm not even going to try and attempt a an Australian accent. I don't know why, as Americans, we just automatically do that. So I'm so sorry. But, but thank you so much for listening. And please, 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 if you aren't already, follow us on Instagram, too, at Real Moms of Bravo. And with that, we will catch you next week. Are you ready? Oh, no. Kyle, son of a bitch. That's okay. Hold on. Can you hold on? Let me tell him. Can you stop the recording really quick? Uh, we'll just cut it out because I don't okay. want to redo the health check. Okay, hold on. Kyle, I'm recording. I'm recording and I can pick up all that. Is he getting ready for his friends? Okay. Go ahead. All right. Okay, I'll just do a little pause. Woohoo! We are back. We have a packed agenda. Like, I'm so excited to have more than two shows to talk about. And I think we should just dive right into Southern Charm, which we just watched last night, Thursday night. And I got to say, I love Taylor, but I still can't stand Shep. He is a shit stirrer, like no other. He's a shit disturber. There's no accountability. He's just – he's punchable. Like, you know those people who have a punchable face? Shep has become one of those people to me. It doesn't matter what he says. He could say, I love babies, and I still would want to, like, find something I don't like about him and want to punch his face. But I'm like, dude, you totally did that on purpose. Like, there's no mistake in that. And he even said, I could have stayed out of it more, but I didn't. I think more happened than what we saw on TV because immediately in the next morning, his girlfriend Taylor was talking to his dog, Craig, not Craig, Craig. It's kind of confusing. It's was like talking. Weird. It's very weird. When all three of them were there, he's like, good boy, Craig. I'm like, this is this is borderline, like, bizarre. But she was saying, Craig's a good boy, and then looked at him, and he's like, I was not. So, like, I think more happened. I also think he purposely invited Peter to let all this get out. He, like – it just bugs me that he wants to bring Madison down. And I feel like it's just because she has like, she's had a past. She's had sex with other guys. Austin had a fucking threesome. And like, he's crying. Like they're almost like crying because she had sex with a guy when they were broken up named Peter. Like, and now he's found somebody. It's like, that is life. Like if I went back and like walked into a room and saw an ex with somebody else, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, this is terrible. Like I would hope we both have moved on from it. And it seems like, both Madison and Peter have. And it was a one night stand. Like, I just feel like this is so dramatic. I feel like there's something about men get so threatened by women owning their sexuality. Like there's, I mean, you and I joke, jokingly, like wish we were a little slutty, but like, you know what? Let her. (laughs) Just like it doesn't impact your life. She's a grown woman. She knows what she's doing. Women like to have sex too. Like, let her get hers. I just don't understand why it's even like a conversation. I I will say it is. It was awkward that Austin didn't know, but again, they were broken up, and I don't know why. If you're trying to reconcile with someone, why you would want to be like, hey, just so you know, I slept with yeah. someone. Like here, let me write everyone down on the list and tell me who pisses you off. No one does that. Like I. I don't know. I don't think Madison was in the wrong at all. And I was getting so mad, like, watching her cry because Austin kind of stormed out of her house into the backyard. And it's just like, I don't know. Austin slept with other girls, too. Does she get pissed when she sees Chelsea? 
Like in past seasons, like Austin, I'm sure had sex with Chelsea. They were dating for a while. Like I, I didn't see her acting like that. I just feel like it's so like unfair to like, like you said, almost like slut shame her, which she wasn't even slutty. She, they both Peter and Madison were single. They had a one night stand and they moved on. Like I just, it's, I can't, I, it like makes me so mad the way she's being treated. It's, it's pretty annoying, but thankfully she's not someone to back down from it. And yes, that's a part of Madison I do enjoy. She is a spitfire and will dish it right back. Like she doesn't really hold back and she'll call you out on your shit. And also I will say, I'm really glad she's now with Austin. I don't know if anyone's been following her on Instagram, but she works out like crazy. She eats like perfect and her body is banging like madison looks so good and austin looks like the muppet like you said and i'm so glad she's not with him like i just like and watching this i'm like madison girl i'm so glad you guys broke up i really hope she isn't with pringle though i hope she is like found a like successful adult like mature man and i don't mean like old just like not a shep charleston peter pan boy thousand percent well, you know what couple I think ultimately deserves each other is Catherine and Thomas. Oh, my God. The fact that they hooked up. Yeah. She basically has been I, – I feel like I can't trust anything out of her mouth. And I never – I, like, look back and I was like, she fooled us all for a while. And I think about the whole Cameron thing and she was basically just like – without admitting it, basically admitted that she completely made it up because she felt like Cameron tried to ruin her family for five years. It's just they're Thomas and Catherine are both messy ass people who just deserve each other. Honestly, I mean he's done horrible things to her. She's done some horrible. It's just bad. <laughs> like this sounds terrible, but when I saw the preview where she's like Thomas got a girl pregnant and she's having the baby, I'm like good, good. Like you need to realize that he's horrible and you are headed down that same path. Like you are no better than him right now. I hope it's a wake up call for her. Like I just like, and I felt bad feeling that way. But my first reaction was like, "Good, Catherine needs to know this." Oh, for sure. I think she's someone clearly. I mean, she's on a reality TV show, but she thrives in the drama. Like she's one of those people who likes the chaos around her. I yeah. Think. Well, it's attention. I think she's someone who likes attention one way or another, good or bad. It's just she likes. She enjoys that. So I don't know. I like really, I don't think I'm going to like Catherine at all this season because I just feel like we haven't even gotten to the racist part yet. I'm like, I don't like her and we are two episodes in and the worst of it is still coming. Absolutely. I mean, I have to say, as we continue to talk about the rest of this episode, I, we said this last week with our guest, Taria, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this season. <laughs> like, The first episode, I was like, okay, all right. And then going into this one, I'm like, all right, like, okay, I, I don't know. It's it's very strange. We I want to see more Leva. I, I was, was just gonna I, say we need more Leva. I would like to see more of her, and maybe we're gonna get that. But I just and I like she's at such a different life stage than the rest of the cast. I feel, and I know Cameron was kind of like that too, but you saw her kind of distance herself because of that. It's I just. I don't know. And I mean, Madison and Pringle, they have kids too, but they're single. I don't know. There's just a lot. Well, here's the thing. feel like a connection. Leva has two kids that live with her. She's married. Uh, She's just a little bit like she's more mature. She also just has a bigger awareness. I mean, she talked about being kind of one of the only biracial couples in Charleston, which I know she's not the only, but I doubt there's that many. So when she goes out, she felt a lot of eyes on her when they first started dating. Um, I mean, she herself isn't just like a white blonde girl, which is what we see a lot in Charleston. I'm looking at the cast in the past and just, you know, you look around at the party and it was a lot of just white blonde women. So she stands out and I think she just has a different experience. I don't know if she's going to be able to connect with everyone. Like, I think she was friends with them because of Cam. I I think her and Craig, it seems like they actually are close, but I don't know if she's really that close with Shep or Catherine or Austin or any of the others. No, not at all. So it's just, and she also seems like to me someone who I wouldn't want to say like above the drama, but yeah, I just don't is. see. I don't know. It's it's very confusing. It's yeah. it's very very confusing. But I do like her, and I like that she's, you know, in a mixed race relationship, and I love everything that she's bringing to the table. I just almost wish she had 
like a, another, I don't want to say an ally because that sounds, that's not the right words, but like a buddy. I mean, she almost needs Cam to be a friend of and transition off the show to let Leva shine. Like, I agree. She needs somebody else bringing her in that isn't Craig. Because really the only time we've seen her, well, we saw her at the party a little bit, but was with Craig. Like, Craig went up to her, talked to her, was telling him, telling her about the rumor he had heard and all that. I just, I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, she needs more than a Craig. And she is hosting a party in the next episode. So maybe we'll see that she is friends with, really is friends with Danny or, um, she really is friends with that girl from the boutique that has like the dark hair with the kind of the cool gray streak. Yeah. Who used to be really good friends with Catherine. Yes. Yes. The um, Gwen's person. Gwen, yes. Yes. That person. So, I mean, like maybe she really is good friends with some of these people and we're going to start seeing it. They're, you know, it's playing out a little bit slower. So it's a little bit more organic, but I agree. Like Cameron like narrated every show. It felt like, like in the beginning we had like Cameron's point of view she just always seemed like the voice of reason and they haven't given Leva that role yet. And I'm, I'm hoping they do soon. But, uh, I mean, the only other thing that really stood out me, I love, and we posted about this today. We made it like a funny little kind of like meme picture of the odd couple. I really like Austin and Craig living together. I don't want Craig to move out. <laughs> Sadly, he eventually does. Yes. And I mean, he, has to, but. he has to No, it's, it's fun watching their dynamic. Their Instagram lives were entertaining. They bicker. They love each other. They just have a an enjoyable relationship to watch. Yes. I, I just really enjoy them. I don't know. It seems like they're genuinely friends. Uh, and I don't know. It's, it's nice to watch. It's funny. I feel like at times they're kind of the humor that the show needs. So, um, But yeah, I mean, verdict's still out. We haven't really decided if we love Southern Charm. We're obviously going to keep covering it. I mean, we watch shows even when we don't like them, which leads right into Orange County. I, I'm really not liking this season. Um, yeah, <laughs> I you you've coined this term, but I feel like I'm hate watching. <laughs> yeah, I am watching. You know, we've said it before, and you probably listening know what we're gonna say. But yes, we are, have a friendship with Bronwyn, so obviously we're biased and supportive in that regard. But aside from that. I, I'm not really into it. And I appreciate her authenticity and being real with the sober journey that she's going on, but it is not an easy watch. It's not a fun watch. A lot of the reason why we watch Housewives is a form of escapism to watch women bicker over dumb things so we can watch mindless TV and forget about our everyday problems. But this is definitely heavy and none of the women are really that likable. I mean, yeah, it was hard to watch. I kept wondering, like, Bronwyn, why did you go to this party? Like, I just kept thinking, like, leave. When the whole blow up happened, I think she should have just gone home. She later said she, in interviews she wished she wouldn't have gone. It, it was just, it's hard to watch. It's really sad. I feel like I'm watching somebody really at rock bottom trying to build themselves up. And no one's really helping her. It's like everyone was so worried. I know you made a note about this. Like, everyone's so worried about a freaking glass in a pool. No one's like... Hey, our friend just said she's been sober for 30 days. That's more than just like I'm taking a break for a week. Like something's going on and she's sobbing, but everyone's talking about the glass in the pool. There was no empathy or sympathy, compassion. It was very sad. It was sad to watch. And even later in the episode when Smelly and Emily were talking about it, how they enjoy her more drunk and – just, you know, I mean, yes, you're allowed to make little snide comments like that, but I'm just kind of like, man, she is going through something and it was obviously very serious and there's just no empathy. You can tell people who've been through tough times, uh, particularly on the show, by the way they've responded to what, what has happened. So Elizabeth, the new girl, is out with Smelly and says, I would go with her to an AA meeting. And Smelly's like, I would never do that. That sounds terrible. And then Emily was talking to Gina. I was like, yeah, I mean, Brown once said that like her dad was an alcoholic. And Gina goes, so was mine. And Emily immediately changes her tune. Like it was almost like, it felt like Emily was going to go down a road of either saying like, she's just using that because her dad was, I don't know what she, but like you could see it change, but you could also see, like those are probably the only two people that are actually going to try to like support her possibly for a little bit because everyone like, I mean, Smelly is just kind of like over it. 
I feel like Emily just wants to fit in with this group. And if making fun of Bronwyn is the way to do it, she's going to do that. A thousand percent. Couldn't agree more. And ultimately, the fight that they're focusing on is so dumb. I think about Potomac, which I'm really excited to dive into right after this. But I think about Potomac and how they just addressed shit head on. Like the Wendy Karen fight. Like, they just... Talked it's, about it. It yeah. was like then funny. Like, like they made light of it. But this freaking lie thing. It's a, the dumbest fight. Like who gives a fuck if she said her house is small. It is small. Or sad. Whatever. The sad yeah. part. Like it's just like so dumb. Like okay. Just agree to Get disagree. Over it. And move yeah. on. Like yeah. this doesn't need to be dragged on a couple. Another couple up episodes. I I do see where Gina is coming from. Um, but it's just. The Shannon thing, I'm like, just let it go. Just move on. Let it go. This is not the thing to die on. And I will say in that confrontation, I do wish Sean would have just stepped back. As we've seen before, we saw it in Beverly Hills. They kind of explained it perfectly. Like when the husbands get involved, like PK learned, (laughs) just don't get involved. Just Yeah, just stay out. Let the women deal with their shit. I get it, though. I mean, he saw – I mean, Bronwyn was – breaking down. So I get a husband stepping in, but it would have been easier maybe for the resolving of it had he not gotten involved. Um, but, you know, I think I, I I like that he's trying to stand up for her. I think it's interesting because we know that they have an uncommon marriage. Uh, she recently said that he has moved back in, but there was a time when he wasn't living in the house and they were kind of like separated, but not. I don't really know how like it's not your traditional marriage. So they're just kind of doing their own thing. But it was nice to see this, like, part of him supporting her and being there for her. He's going to an AA meeting with her. Like, I, it's good to know she has a support system because she doesn't have much of it with the women on the show right now. Absolutely. Did you find the editing weird? I couldn't tell if she truly went to the AA meeting the same day of the party. To me, if that felt like it because she was on the treadmill and saying she wanted to go to an AA meeting. It felt like the editing was, like, strange to me. Yeah, I don't know. Like I thought like she almost went to meet like from what we had been told from different people that she was going to go to this AA meeting like immediately after the party. Um, so maybe she like jumped on the treadmill. This, I, Yeah, it felt choppy and felt kind of weird. But um, I don't know. I think that could just be the editing part of it. One thing I will say, though, the only thing that I noticed uh, and I know you made a note about this, too, is the Corona jokes that Kelly Smelly had. Uh, you know, I think in the beginning when we all heard about this, like, you know, oh, there's a, a coronavirus in China, there was a sense of like, oh, it will never come here. So I get like not being worried or taking it seriously because I don't I mean, I remember beginning of March or end of February, you and I, you know, we did a girls or a couples weekend in Colombia. We're at a basketball game like it was happening in Europe, parts of it, but it just hadn't really it, it wasn't what we thought it was like turned into. So I get like not like being concerned and going out and living your life. And then two weeks later, I mean, we're all in lockdown, but I just thought it was interesting that Smelly's already making jokes like, oh, I don't have coronavirus. I have the Corona Del Mar virus. I kind of wish they would have shown like the timeline. Yeah. Was this like March 15th yeah. or was this like February 7th? I yeah. kind of, it would be help. I mean, it would, I don't really want to relive the fucking COVID stuff, especially with Smelly, but it would be interesting because you're absolutely right. I mean, in the beginning of the pandemic, whenever, before the lockdowns and before we had to quarantine and before we all wore masks, um, I was, I will admit, like, I was like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Like, come on, people, we're, you're exaggerating. Why are we running out of toilet paper? Like, it's going to be fine. (laughs) Why are we going to Costco? And then I remember making my Costco run. And because everyone else around me was panicky, I started panicking. And then we went into lockdown mode. And now it's November and here we are. (laughs) So uh, it would be helpful if they would show the time frame, I feel. Yeah. I think I'd I'd have maybe a little bit more understanding for not like taking it seriously. Cause I agree. I mean, I also feel like when shutdown first happened, our numbers weren't still weren't spiking. Like, you know, it was all like flattening the curve or flattening the curve. And so there was a sense of like, Oh, maybe we got ahead of it early enough and we're going to be okay. And then we slowly opened up and now like here, here we are and numbers are spiking dramatically. So um, yeah, it's just, it's weird to watch it. I don't like you. I don't really want to see it play out. I really hope they're mindful of all that when they're like, 
having them film at home during quarantine. I just hope they don't show us a lot of them complaining about not having their like nannies and housekeepers and not being able to go to hot yoga. Cause it's just like the rest of the world really struggled. And I don't know if all of them did in the same way. Well, and, that and the really rest bad, of the world but... is still struggling. I mean, there's so yeah. many people who've lost their jobs. I mean, I keep reading articles about so many women having to leave the workforce because they have yeah. to support their children and childcare. And so I hope they're mindful of that. I have a feeling they're not because these women tend to be in their own little bubble and don't have an <laughs> understanding <laughs> no. of the world around them. So it's going to be cringeworthy, but you don't have to watch. We will continue to hate watch and fill you in. But we, you do need to watch Potomac. I mean, we'll obviously still fill you in, but God, it, it, it was back. I loved this episode. I thought there were two that were a lull. They were not bad. We were in a lull. I told you guys, I knew we would start climbing back up and we are starting to climb back up. And it started with maybe the best tea party. Have you ever gone to like um, a high tea at like those little tea, like everyone, like every city has little tea places. Have you ever done it? No, I've never done it. I'm not. I mean, now I drink chai teas. That's it's, in terms of um, adult coffee type drinks. Chai teas is kind of where I go. I don't drink coffee. I've never been, and I'm sure they probably have a chai tea, but I, I just am not a tea drinker. So uh, it's not been. even the tea. I like, I don't love tea. I like, I'll drink it. Um, but it's just kind of fun to like sit down and have little like finger sandwiches and feel like prim and proper. I actually did it with my mother-in-law and sister-in-law like years ago. And it was really, really fun. But um, watching the women there, it was just kind of funny. I think like I didn't really know what any of it was going on either. But, like, what type of teas do you like? And it, I felt like they were kind of fish out of water too. But it was really fun just watching the, the, the dynamics of Giselle Robin and Karen like those three need to be together more oh it's hilarious I love that Karen's like okay the green-eyed bandits like what do they want like she knows (laughs) something's up immediately Giselle needs to freaking write a book on how to stir the pot because she does it so well but she also like doesn't hide behind other people is what I respect about Giselle when she's stirring the pot like she owns up to it. Like Rana could learn some things from Giselle and how to do it and do it in a manner where you kind of get in there, but it doesn't get super messy. Yes. She's, I mean, it's an art. It truly is an art. And then, I mean, I know this happened towards the end of the episode. Everyone's memed up. The, all the memes are hilarious. I've loved it. <laughs> the Wendy impersonations. I mean, it just, it kept going on. And we get, first we get Karen impersonate kind of the way Wendy was walking. Then we actually have uh, Robin and Giselle show Wendy how Karen impersonated Wendy walking. And then at the end, we have all of them doing that little slither. I mean, it was just I feel like that's the best part about Potomac is they all kind of can make fun of themselves. Oh, 100%. I was laughing immediately in the beginning. That's what I love. These women can dish it out. There's drama, but they also laugh with each other, too. It doesn't get that serious. Like, I feel like a lot of of other franchises, like OC, had someone been making fun of the way Smelly walks, that would have turned into, like, a five-episode fight. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, five-episode fight, it would have been a huge thing. There would be no laughter from it. I'm like, this is – it's funny. Like, just laugh from it. And I appreciate Wendy's smart for laughing at it. And not making it more than it is. And granted, I do I mean, feel like even the women Erica would Jane. call her out. I feel like women Erica would call her out. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, Erica Jane couldn't even laugh at herself when they were doing the impersonations. Uh, you know, uh, it was Kyle and Te- – mostly Kyle and Teddy. But then they all started doing an Erica Jane, like, I'm fine. It's fine. And she got really annoyed by it. Yeah. So, it's it's a special thing with Potomac for sure. It was but, hilarious. Like I, I honestly I might like rewatch those bits because this week has been a week for everyone, and I, I could mean, use a little humor in that. So I might I might rewatch those parts. It's still a week. Like it's, I know it's, it's Friday, but I'm like it's still a week. We're still in this week. It's it's yeah, we're still in this week. One moment, and we've talked about Ashley Darby. One, I love her. I, I feel like right Ashley now. is a person. She's like one of the most fascinating housewives to me. It just she's got there's a lot, a lot of layers there. But her vulnerability, I will 
100% always back her up on her willingness to be authentic and honest on camera. You don't see that with a lot of housewives, and she is willing to go there. Even on the most embarrassing parts of her marriage, she is willing to talk about it and go there. And her conversation about postpartum depression was so brave of her to watch and to admit that she's not okay and that she is struggling. And uh, my heart just went out to her immediately in watching her because I know exactly what she's talking about, exactly how she's feeling. And she's helping so many other women by being that honest and that vulnerable and letting us in that conversation. Yeah. And it was almost like she was realizing herself, like that the fog hadn't lifted yet. Like, and I think sometimes that's like... It's hard when you think like you don't realize you're still in it. And I think that's the hardest part about postpartum is like it's not always just two months or three months. It could be eight months. And as her therapist said, it could be a year. And I don't know, like based on the comments from our post, it just I think it helps so many women. And then Ashley's comment back was so sweet. I I agree. She is low key the most interesting housewife. You don't on the surface. It just seems like, oh, here's a beautiful woman who married an old rich man. And there's just so much more to it. And she shows so much of it. And I, I'm really starting to love her and appreciate her. And I will say like, she was not my favorite the first couple of seasons. Oh no, she was messy. She also knows how to stir the pot. (laughs) Let's Ashley knows how to stir the pot. And Ashley though, I mean, I give her props for just showing it all. And yeah, she was really sweet. We had a post um, on our Instagram page and I'm sure you all saw it where we kind of talked about this. And I shared a little bit of my experience with postpartum and postpartum anxiety. And you don't realize how bad it is. Like looking back and especially going being in the postpartum period right now with my second, I see more clearly how bad of a state I was in because I'm in such a good place right now. Like it's as I have spent a lot of time kind of reflecting and looking back, I'm like, holy crap, I was in a really dark place. And I mean, I'm sure you knew it when we spoke to each other and I would call you crying and um, opening up to you. But I mean, all I will say to any new mom that's listening, if you feel like it's more than the baby blues, I almost hate the term baby blues because it makes it feel you hear that term and I feel like as women, you automatically assume it's going to be a short period thing. Like, yeah. That it's oh, in like six weeks, I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not always like that. So I, I hate the term, the baby blues, but if you are struggling and you're having a hard time, like as women, we don't always have to take it all on ourselves. There's a reason why they say it takes a village. Ask for help, ask for support. You're not weak. You're, it's going to make you, you're going to take the steps to get better and to get the help and support that you need. Like don't suffer in silence. And I would say to also to anyone, like, you know, someone who's recently had a baby, like sometimes there's that weird period of like, oh, I haven't talked to somebody in six months. I will tell you, there is no new mom in this world that will be like, why did this person reach out and ask me how I'm doing? Those type of texts mean so much. I had someone that like, I was like friendly with in college, like we, we like would see each other out and then occasionally in St. Louis would run into each other. And she just kind of saw that I had posted that I had had a baby and sent me a message on Instagram and just said, I struggled so hard with postpartum that whenever I see someone I remotely know have a baby, I just want them to know that they can reach out and talk to me. And I have to tell you like that to me meant the world and meant volumes. And I was I don't want to say I was okay. I mean, it's hard when you first have a baby, but I didn't struggle with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. It did kind of like the fog lifted for me once my baby started sleeping through the night, which I was lucky was pretty early with my first. But I continued talking to this person. It was just nice having somebody who cared. And so I would just say anyone out there, like if you have a friend or a neighbor who's had a new baby, especially in a pandemic, just text them, say, how are you doing? Or just like send them like a, Hey, I was watching this show. I think you would love it. It'd be great to binge while you know, you're on the couch because you're not leaving your house. Uh, I just, there's a lot you can do to support women. Um, and I think Ashley is like bringing light to that, which is awesome. Absolutely. And I need to do more of this. I think sometimes we always ask, is there anything we can do? Is there anything I can do to help? And let, don't ask, just help, like bring the food, do the things that you're wanting to do. I, I know I've, going to be a lot more mindful of that, especially just having gone through um, a baby in the NICU and stuff. But don't ask, just act. And I think yeah. no one's no one's ever going to reject that additional support or help. 
Yeah. No, like you'll never have someone be like, what a bitch for offering to help me. Like, <laughs> but there is a sense of like, there's people I don't know that well anymore. And I'm like, ooh, should I reach out? And what I've realized from multiple things in life, it's like you reach out. Like nobody ever gets mad at you for reaching out to just check on in on them. So uh, there's a little life lesson. The more you know. Hopefully the you can more see- you know. <laughs> I hope everyone can see the rainbow with the shooting star. But I will say, then we pivot back into kind of, so we have Robin's hat photo shoot. <laughs> Which you love these hats. You're laughing right now, but you are gonna buy one of these embellished or not oh, embezzled embellished. I know. Hats. When they called it embezzled, I was like, ooh, awkward timing with the tax issues. No, I'm totally buy one. I am waiting for a Black Friday sale. I'm also kind of wondering, do I just reach out to Robin and see if she would send me some? I think she might. I think she would. Um, I feel like you need, yeah. I mean, I'm totally buying a hat though. Like, no, but I was dying at the photo shoot because I felt like some of these women. It was just funny. I think some of them really thought they were models and they were taking it kind of seriously. And it's like, I think she just wanted real women like smiling and like laughing together. And I, but it turned out very cute. I thought the photos. The hats are, I mean, they are pretty cute. They're not for me, but they are cute. They're actually, they're pretty cute. I mean, I'll find you one that you'll like. Don't worry. No, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. We're going to, we're about to get our first cast trip. So I'm glad that Ashley, as she's talking about coming out of that fog, she says, you know, maybe I need to get away and go on a trip. And I was very happy when she shared that news with the women that Wendy learned and didn't shame her about baby Dean. Yes. I thought it was perfect. Cause like when she said, I'm not bringing him, everyone was like, good, you need this. And like supported her. Not like, Oh, thank God. Why? Like, why do you bring him everywhere? Which was kind of like the reception she got when she brought him to the, to the lake house. So that was much better. And I also thought it was interesting that she, was talking to Giselle and decided not to invite Monique, um, which I feel like Monique really isn't filming with the women right now, which we heard that was going to happen. But uh, I I think there's going to be, it's going to be a shift because there's definitely like Karen and Ashley who are a little bit more team Monique and everyone else is not. So I'm curious to see how Portugal goes. Yes, a thousand percent. And before we get to Portugal, Wendy's like, I'm going to address these comments and those slithering that you're doing and talking about all my degrees. Oh, I, how could I forget the degrees? Oh. I love the production brought up. I feel like it could be a drinking game, really. Like how many times they need to kind of do this in these Housewives episodes. Like every time a housewife mentions, you know, like Monique at one point it was her houses. And um, anytime Giselle says at the end of the – it's just you say at the end of the day a lot. She says something. Giselle, word on the street. Word on the street, that's what it is. Word on the street. And with Wendy, it's like, I have four degrees. I love the editing on that. But I will say, when Wendy confronted Karen, I felt like, Karen, don't mess with the grand dame because I felt like she read her pretty good. I really love that she said, common sense is a saving grace. And I like that she was like, I don't have to have degrees to be a successful business person. I am an entrepreneur and I've been, I've done just well without a degree. Like I kind of, I get Wendy being proud, but I felt like she kind of shifted it into like the way it was being talked about. And I liked that Karen defended herself. I also liked though, that Karen is so smart with these women and she's been around long enough to know that like, yeah, Wendy was mad at Karen, but who told Wendy all this? So she's like, I'm going to kind of go easy on Wendy. But I've got my eyes on Giselle because I know that's who told her. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, Karen thinks three steps ahead. Like she is, you know, they talk about like LVP was like playing chess with Bobby Fisher. Karen is Bobby Fisher, like in a good way. Like she can see the board and she she reads like no one else. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I just love her so much. It's so entertaining to me. It's just very over the top. I think Karen is one of those people you probably either like or you don't. But I am here for it. I love how she owns up to stuff. She doesn't back down. She can handle confrontation without even really raising her voice. Like it's there's an art to what the Grand Dom does. And I am here for it, and I love her for it. Yes. Oh, I love it so much. And I can't wait for Portugal. It's going to be amazing. So, um, But that wraps up the week, which brings us to our shout-out. And I feel like we have to give our shout-out to the women of Salt Lake. We got to meet them at kind of like a Zoom premiere. We saw the first episode. I mean, it's going to be good. Personally, I already love Heather Gay, and I love Whitney Rose. Those two, I think, are going to be my girls. 
Yes, there are amazing. If you want to hear more details about that happy hour, that event that we got to attend with the Salt Lake women, please check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash Real Moms of Bravo. Any additional income, you guys, we do this for fun and because we love it, but we're it's not like we're making tons of money off of doing this. We do it because we enjoy it and we've received such great reception. But any additional support that we can receive can only help us in the future as we try to grow and determine what's next for us. So we really appreciate that additional support. And another way to support us, if you don't necessarily want to go down the Patreon route, is leaving a five-star review or a actual written review. We love those too. We accept both. Really? I mean, we'll take it all. We're so close to being five stars again. So if you could take 60 seconds and do that, we would really appreciate it. And as always, we've got we've always got stuff up our sleeves and we will catch you all next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.